This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Police are warning people about the latest scam. It's another phone scam, and the elderly are particularly vulnerable. This one seems to be targeting senior citizens in the Roncesvalles area here in Toronto. Police say that on September the 5th, that was last Thursday, around 1.30 p.m., a woman phoned an elderly couple pretending to be a police officer. She talked to them in Polish, which is their mother tongue, and told them to leave their money and jewelry in a bag outside their home, claiming this would assist the police in capturing violent criminals by letting them be caught in the act. The couple complied, unfortunately, and everything was stolen. We do want to hear from you about uh, the kind of scams that uh, are floating around that uh, have been trying to entice you. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Joining me, Constable Jason Peddle, who is the Vulnerable Persons Coordinator for the Toronto Police Service, and in studio, Shale Eisen, who is a partner at the Eisen Law Firm. Thank you both for joining us. You're very welcome. Thanks for having us, Libby. Okay, Constable Peddle, first, tell us a little bit about this latest uh, scam. Uh, Was this a one-off, or has this been cropping up a little more often? Uh, I haven't received any information that this particular scam is um, is picking up steam, but certainly the methods are are not um, uncommon. This type of this type of uh, scam where people pretending to be an authority figure will will call up um, victims and ask them to help participate in in capturing uh, bad guys in the act is is a pretty tried and tested uh, classic scam. Okay, well, let's reiterate for people, real police would never do that, right? No, real police officers are not going to use the public as as bait, so to speak, in a, in a trap to catch criminals. Um, officer, police officers aren't going to call you up and use any any threatening language to try to get you to um to pay debts online or anything like that and and also they're not going to use you as a as a part of um their investigative techniques or their um you know crime fighting techniques it's not safe for the public we're not going to put you in that position ever and shale eisen uh you know uh, just in general with any type of permutation of a scam r- real authorities are not going to be contacting you on the phone no, that's 100%, Libby. If you are in receipt of an email or a telephone call or uh, some sort of electronic uh, text uh, from a bank or a government agency uh, pertaining or pretending to be someone, uh, the answer is uh, delete it, disconnect it, hang up, have nothing to do with it. They, real pr- authorities under no circumstances will ever approach anyone in that matter. And uh, you're a lawyer, Shale. What are you able to do for people who've been defrauded? 
Well, uh, there are two sets of scams. One is the one that we've had here where you have a complete stranger uh, who uh, pretends to be someone. And that's very hard to do anything about because nine times out of ten, the person is gone. Uh, the Whatever they left has been fenced or stolen or uh, sold, and you're out of luck. Unfortunately, uh, and it is much more, I think it's much more prevalent, you have family members or friends who uh, pretend to have your best interests at heart. Uh, they get you to sign powers of attorney or real estate documents or joint bank accounts. And uh, next thing you know, you wake up and you're uh, totally without any money or funds. There, you can hire a lawyer like myself or someone else who can, if the funds or the objects are still around, not always, but sometimes get it back. Uh, Constable Petal, in this particular case we talked about, I guess, uh, are there any leads? I gathered there was no description or anything like that. I don't have any information. I'm not an investigator, Libby. I don't have any information about this particular case um, any more than has been in the media. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what is, uh, you know, what is the likelihood of catching people when they try to scam, especially a, a vulnerable elderly person? Um, I mean, generally speaking, it is difficult. Um, fraudsters come from all walks of, of lives and, and have all sorts of different abilities. But generally speaking, they are relatively sophisticated and tend to cover their tracks up ahead of time. So um, on the phone, quite often, they're, they'll be using phone numbers that have been fabricated using a computer. So even the phone number that's showing up on your identical isn't accurate. Yeah, that's and, called spoofing. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not going to be using their real names or addresses or things like that. So once the money's gone, quite often, unfortunately, it's very difficult to track down. Now, and, that's why getting information out and awareness out and, and kind of in a preventative capacity is, is really a priority. And how common is it? We, we see from, again, this particular incident, the woman addressed them in Polish. Are uh, older people in immigrant communities who perhaps don't speak English that well, are they particularly vulnerable? Um, I, what I would say is that um, every demographic is targeted for frauds. Um, whether it be a cultural base, whatever a fraudster can use um, to, to gain your confidence um, is, is what they're going to use to to try to um, get you to believe their story. For example, in this case, it's culture, it's language, which may have been the tipping point, which convinced this woman that this was a trustworthy person. Um, in the past, I, I heard a heartbreaking story of a woman. She was in the earlier stages of dementia, so a little bit of cognitive impairment, but um, she picked up the phone and she told me that within f- 10 seconds of, of the conversation, she said, this is a fraud. I know it. But the individual appealed to her faith. They happened to share a faith. And um, th- that was enough to keep the conversation going long enough that she got on her good side, so to speak. And she ended up losing um, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, a, in an ongoing fraud. And, and she told me, she reiterated, I, I knew 10 seconds in this was a fraud, but she was able to, through faith, or, or and, and it might be faith, it might be language, it might be anything that um, kind of endears you to the person or helps you relate to them more. Um, these people are, are, are unfortunately pretty good and pretty convincing. So um, every demographic 
Um, seniors are targeted, but so are millennials. Um, they just kind of use different tactics to go after the particular demographic they're interested in. Uh, let's take a call from Alexis in North York. Hi, Alexis. Oh, hello, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to mention it's been uh, at least three times I've received this call. You never get the beginning of the call, and it, it, you get the feeling uh, or the, the end of it if, sort of uh, as it, it goes on. You get the feeling it's something to do with the court, and it says you need to um, call us immediately or wait on the phone, and we will put you through to a police officer. Um, because, of, and it sounds like it charges or something to that effect that they're talking about. And, um, of course, I always hang up at that point because I realize it's a scam. But it does sound very much like it is being, like, I don't know whether it's the court or the police station is calling to let you know you need to speak to a police officer because these charges are pending. And if you don't speak to a police officer, it will be proceeding to a court case. That's the kind of feeling that you get from the call. Yeah, that's um, uh, that. Thank you for uh, sharing that. I think that's that's a pretty uh, old ongoing scam. Uh, I'm going to ask the officer to respond to that, Alexis. Thank you very much. You're quite welcome. And good thank for you, you for... Yeah, goodbye. Yeah, good for her for not uh, responding to it. Uh, Constable Petal? Yeah, first of all, Alexis, uh, good job hanging up. You shouldn't entertain that at all. Just just get off the line uh, as soon as you realize it's happening. But yeah, that sounds like a, a variation of um, the Canada Revenue right. scam or a government official scam um, where somebody, a police officer or a court official or somebody in an official capacity contacts you and with, with quite threatening languages, uh, quite threatening language lets you know that you need to uh, respond quickly, and usually it's um, by sending some money. Um, again, we, we kind of referenced it off the beginning of the call, but um, police officers nor any other government agency is going to call you up, particularly using language like that. And um, it, the call, if the call is going to be resolved by a transfer of money or, or even private information, it, it's a scam, and do not entertain them. Yeah, good, good advice. And Shale, you were saying that, uh, in, uh, many cases, people are too embarrassed to report. I'm sure that's something that the constable encounters as well. I see it over and over. I'll have a family member or a relative. Uh, sorry, please start again. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I see it over and over again. I see a family, a member will walk into my office and say, my grandmother all of a sudden uh, has uh, no money in the bank or she's got, received a notice from a bank, uh, mortgage company that their house is being sold. It's very rare uh, that I actually get a call from the actual person who's been defrauded. Sometimes because they're, they've unfortunately lost some capacity, but a great deal of the time because they're just horrified and embarrassed that they've been uh, bamboozled that way. Officer? Yeah, uh, exactly the same thing. I, I believe the number I have in my head is is one in 44 targets or victims of crimes who are senior report the crime. And I mean, that's what, two, two and a half percent of people. And I think the shame is a big part of that. In fact, when I'm presenting to seniors, I always make sure that I, I emphasize that it's not foolish people who are falling for scams. It's 
doctors and lawyers and police officers are, are falling for scams. Um, it doesn't, it, it, it's not simple people. Um, the, the criminals, unfortunately, work very hard at their craft and, and can be very convincing. So I always let people know there's no need to feel shame. Um, and it's, it's important, you know, to try to stop these people so they don't prey on someone else. That's right. And, and the more information that the authorities have, um, as we referenced earlier, it can be difficult um, to catch criminals who are, who are covering their tracks here. But you never know which piece of information is going to give the police service or the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center um, that little nugget of information which may set off an investigation, which um, potentially brings down a large call center overseas. Okay, let's go to Donna in Hamilton. Hello, Donna. <clears throat> Hello. Hi. Go ahead. You're on the air. Oh, good. Thank you for having me. And I think this is an important topic. My question uh, to the officers um, is this. In regarding the Capital One um, breach, okay, I had a card with them and a while ago, and it was closed and whatnot. Then, um, okay, I received the letter and it says important information about your recent cybersecurity incident. And yada yada, it goes on about it. And then about the incident, March 22nd, March 23rd, 2019, what happened based on the investigation. And then as you go down on this big paper, it goes personal information impact. Our investigation has determined that the person responsible may have gained access to the following. Personal information routinely collected, received credit applications, including name, address, postal code, phone number, email, date of birth, self-report income, your status data. Okay, Donna, we're starting to run out of time, so please get to your question. The point is... Now that this has been opened up, what can I do to protect myself? Okay, I'm going to let our guests answer. Thanks for your call. Thank you. This These data breaches happen a lot. Um, officer, we'll let you go first. Um, so she's the, the question is if information has been breached or if you've been kind of a victim of, of uh, identity theft or something like that, what, what can you do? Well, yeah, it's a, it's a data breach as opposed to a total identity theft. Right. I mean, if with the data breach, you don't know who's in possession of your information. So um, what tends to happen when people are victimized is that they find themselves solicited probably more frequently than they were before because their information may, may have been shared with um, potentially a large group of, of criminals and fraudsters. So you do have to be extra vigilant at that point, um, perhaps contacting... Uh, TransUnion Canada or Equifax, who are the two credit bureaus in Canada, and and getting a credit check to ensure that um, nothing really funny has been going on with your your banking or anything like that. But yes, unfortunately, when you've been the victim of um, a, a data breach or even um, a fraud of any kind, your information may be being circulated. So you do have to be extra vigilant. And I believe, I'm not sure if it happened with that data breach, uh, but with one of them, the company offered lifetime uh, fraud and identity theft protection and monitoring to all the people who were victimized by it. So definitely say yes to that. Shale, uh, what do you have to to add about that? 
Well, uh, a couple of things. First of all, as the officer said, uh, look at your credit card statements, your debit card statements. Make sure that nothing is funny has happened. And because I work a lot with elderly people, I would suggest to you that if you have a parent, if you have an elderly relative, uh, you might want to uh, check their statements as well, too, if they'll let you. Some people are very proud and they won't. But it's an extra step that you can take because uh, it would be unimaginable to most people to have somebody have their personal information. And I had a 91-year-old mother. I used to check just to make sure that everything was done uh, proper and it was all done and uh, the charges were all legitimate. Well, yeah, that's very good advice. And, and you know, uh, I recently got a letter from my bank saying we think your card was compromised. So, by the way, that card's no good. But And they never... Uh, give you information about where it might have happened. But, you know, obviously, then I did a really, really good check on. And uh, another thing to remember is sometimes you check and everything seems fine. But the MO now is a lot of people are uh, criminals are hanging on to the cards just when you're not looking anymore and then using them. Uh, officer, what would you like to leave us with? Um, the, the one piece of advice I always like to um to leave when I'm when I'm speaking with seniors, I always say if my if my presentation was thirty seconds long, it would be this: if you do receive a call from your bank or a police officer or anybody whom and you do give some credence to the call, you think there may be something to it. Don't respond to that call. Don't respond to phone numbers or information that they provide you with. If it's something that you think you want to follow up with, you hang, thank you very much. You hang up the phone. You find the information yourself for the institution that you're going to be calling, if it's a police station or if it's your your bank, you find that information yourself, that contact information, and you call and inquire as to whether they are actually looking for you. That's very good advice. Uh, and uh, Shale, 30 seconds. Be not suspicious, but vigilant of anyone, uh, family or friend or stranger who uh, appears to be uh, uh, taking some strong interest in your financial affairs. That's uh, that's a, an epidemic that has just overwhelmed the uh, my, my practice in the last 20 years. Okay. Uh, thank you both very much, Constable Jason Peddle and Lawyer Shale Eisen. And uh, people, we couldn't get to all of your calls. Remember, Free For All Friday is coming up, and this is a very important topic that we will revisit, obviously. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.